Yeah. Oh, man. Pretty yeah. heartbreaking. Very heartbreaking. And it was just like, I, you know, look, anytime I feel like any of a public figure or celebrity dies, like people make it about them, you know, and it's, it's, of course, like, you know, a somewhat narcissistic, selfish thing to be like, I had this connection to them. Right. Or whatever. Yeah, that's but, exactly it. It's the connection that, like, right. we all want to relate to each other. Yeah, exactly. But it is like, it is crazy that I literally just fit. I mean, it's not so crazy. He was 87. But I just listened to his audiobook, you know, and then it was going on this tear. I, I just got a copy of To Live and Let To Live and Die in LA on 4K Blu-ray delivered. Like, that's what I really want to see. Like a week ago. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like sitting at work and my coworker just kind of passes by my office and go, Hey, did you hear freaking died? And I'm like, are you what? like, what? Like you just toss it off Out like of that. You don't, you don't come yeah. down and sit down and be like, Greg, I have some <laughs> bad news for you. Like, uh, we should go to Panera. I've got some bad news I need to share yeah. with you. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And yeah, give me some broccoli, you know, some broccoli and cheddar <laughs> and a bread bowl before you, I need you, a, uh, I need a baguette before I can yeah. digest this uh exactly <laughs> tragedy it, it it was a goddamn tragedy uh yeah that night uh you know i'll save it specifically for my recommendation but i did watch one of his movies that i've never seen that nice. uh you have talked like you know lots about and it was amazing to the point where uh they're doing at the hollywood theater here they're yeah. going to do a showing of it next sun no it's in like september I think they're going to talk about, it. but I, you got to go see it in theaters, yeah. And totally. the six forty is already sold out, so I'm going to have to go to a nine ten on a Sunday night, and I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. I don't care. That movie was fucking amazing on yeah. my fifty five inch TV. It is. It is great. I mean, you know, the, the positive side of it is that like people are celebrating him now, and I feel like he was somebody that got a lot of acclaim early on, and then had this real long sort of period where he w it felt it seemed like critically was a joke you know and now mm -hmm. it's great that people are going back and rewatching things and reevaluating. and i think that like the release of sorcerer uh really did like fuck him up bad you know like both in terms of his perception of his own career and the people's perception of his of his career and him as an artist and he never never like fully recovered from that you know right and it was, it, I don't think it was the same weekend, but it was like a month before Star Wars or something like it was that. A, and it I was think maybe like, a week before, yeah. It just got completely forgotten in yeah in time because of you know the one of the most major motion pictures of all time coming yeah. out and, of the and same then thing. Right? Now it's great that looking back at it, everyone can see like what a fucking masterpiece it is. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about him in a moment, but uh. Yeah, R.I.P. Man, R.I.P. Billy. It's, it really hurt. Yeah, after because we yeah. did Bug not too long ago for yeah, June totally. Bug, and it was, yeah. uh, it was a great revisit. I really loved it, and it's something I like want to show a lot of people. If I could see that on the big screen, ooh, yeah, loved totally. Yeah. yeah, I loved that. It was an amazing discovery. Like I, I still think about that movie quite a lot since we talked about it, and like, um. You know, I'm really excited to dig into the movies I haven't of his I haven't seen yet. I I know there's there are some rough ones. It's not like he was perfect, right? Uh, record, there was but... one I can't remember if it was the Hunted or the Hunter. I think it's the Hunted, and it's Benicio del Toro, yeah, and Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. I remember right? seeing yeah. that in theaters because I was like, oh, I like Benicio del Toro. This looks fun, and just kind of walking out being like, I guess that's a movie. Yeah, but it's it's been 
you know, two decades at least, probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> based on the the section of the uh, freaking connection about that one, it does. It sounds weird. Uh, like the behind the scenes stories are kind of like wacky, you know, as yeah. as a lot of his stories are. So, I just got into like the first couple tracks of the Friedkin Connection. I got to get more into it. It's 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 wonderful the way that he reads it. So yeah, oh yeah, great Very voice. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump in because we're going to be talking about. Uh, maybe maybe Friedkin will join us on this episode because we're talking Ghost. Here on the weekly podcast massacre, I am your host Michael from Portland. I have a lovely co-host with me. I'm Greg from Los Angeles. That's right. We are talking ghosts because it is a ghost. I'm still so proud every time I say it or think love about it. it. It's just it's fantastic. How did no one else come up with this beforehand? <laughs> it's right there for the yeah. Taking. Come on. Uh, and there is a slight uh, correction from last week. We did, I did say that we were going to be watching House 2, the second story. I rewatched that movie. Maybe <laughs> even just watched it for the first time because there were a lot of things I was like, I don't remember this at all. Yeah. Um, and there's no ghost in that movie. No. Arguably. Arguably there is one ghost. I think you could say Slim is somewhat of a ghost in it, but Gramps is a zombie. Slim is the, he's the villain? He is the villain, but he like randomly shows up to haunt Gramps, but also kills the main guy's parents. Like, how did he reanimate unless he was actually a ghost? I I think that's the skull keeping him alive the same way Gramps is staying alive with it, right? That's that's what I thought, but I couldn't tell. keep gramps alive if he was in possession of the skull right okay you know what it's not worth thinking about too hard that movie kind of <laughs> that movie blows it, um, it really is bad um there's some the fun ending stuff is to horrible. it <laughs> ending's really bad i i do like gramps i think and that actor i don't know if you even recognize him or his name yes but he was in uh the the dark ones He's got a great name. Um, I'm trying to think of oh. what it is right now. But uh, he plays... I remember in Dark Ones... Uh, Dark Half, right? That's what it's called. Oh, okay. Oh, Dark he's Half. The, the... He's like the... Cemetery guy? Yeah. And his his name in that movie is Digger Holt, um, which is fantastic. <laughs> but in that... in His actual name is something really cool, though. Um, I'll look it up one moment. But yeah, I thought he was really good as Gramps. I think, yeah, he's he's very fun. He does the job well. Uh, I remember him from a movie, Spaced Invaders. I don't oh. know if you ever saw this from the 90s, where these little, like, uh, dumb aliens kind of crash land on Earth into his farm area, and he's, like, the kooky old farmer guy. Oh, no. I don't think I know about that one. Um, uh, it's he... it's funny, because one of... The main guy that I like, the, like, the pilot who wears glasses and has a leather jacket, is basically doing a Jack Nicholson Oh, impersonation he's he's <laughs> before i even knew who a, jack nicholson was he's pulling a christian slater and impersonating right. jack nicholson right yeah, perfect uh okay so his name is royal dano amazing good name. name yeah he's pretty also good. in uh killer clowns from outer space uh as farmer gene green that's right another that's he, right he has the is, best names holy shit is he related to paul 
Dino? I would love if he is. If he is, I am going to shit. Uh, he's got a grandson named Hutch Dano. Hmm. A child named Rick Dano, but I don't see Paul mm. Dano on here. Unless it's like a, a distant relation. It, it could be a cousin. Well, we'll get into uh, relations because there is a yeah. uh, actor in this movie that is related to a, I would say, an A-lister. That fucking, that is crazy. The fact that that's, it, yeah, that's it's wild. It's pretty crazy. And yeah. you get to see them nude. on. And I watched <laughs> it on YouTube, which was, I always love nudity on YouTube. It's It's real fun when you shouldn't see it. Right. Uh, but again, not we're not fun, talking about not as House fun two. with the specific character because they they give it some context that makes it real icky. You she know? is technically a teenager, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but we're not talking about House Two. We're going to talk about House Three, the horror show. Which again, you could maybe even argue he's not a ghost in this movie. No, it's really unclear what he is. It makes no sense at all. But like, but he's, there are. He's, ghostly things right but he's dead happen. and he does return from death in like a in like sort of spectral ethereal form so i would say it right it's like it yeah. is kind of what we were talking about in the uh first episode about do we actually believe in ghosts and we kind of say to like no not really maybe those electrical impulses that are within all of us right. kind of like carry on in, in some form but they even go a step further in this movie, to that he was uh, preparing himself for dying. Fucking ridiculous. In the most bizarre way. Let me say, um, this is one of the dumbest plots that, like, you It's pretty it, crazy. It's, it's really it's stupid. Yeah. I, I kind of like it for how stupid it is. I feel like if I had watched this at 13, I would have been like, this movie is magnificent. It should right. be lauded upon, like... Every Fangoria uh, magazine cover yeah. should always be talking about the uh, House Three, the horror show, uh, credited in America as just the horror show. Now, right. House and House Two, the second story, are both more comedic in their uh, telling of a ghost story, kind of ghost story. Uh, mm. This one's really dark and serious, and does well, not have any member. Of the Cheers cast, which is my no. biggest. Point. Yeah, that's that's a big that's a big mistake because that's the other part that is fantastic about House Two is when John Ratzenberger yes. shows up. He's fucking incredible in that, and it really makes it really bums you out when he leaves that movie because it's like, or both when he enters and exits, like you could have <laughs> had him the entire time. Like he should have been just, the neighbor, right? Yeah, he should have been the neighbor, or even just make him the main character, do a sort of Ghostbuster sort of thing where it's like. Oh, as opposed to, like, hiring to fight ghosts, he goes into, like, peculiar houses and just solves the problem. And it's like, make that... That's a good movie right there, you know? Right. Electrician and adventurer. Yes, but, exactly. Just, we just finished a whole month talking about, you know, the third of a of a, of a series. Yeah. And, you know, what you want to see in a third. Do you want to see a big deviation? Which is, is this movie... Right. Um, and I, we're saying kind of no, not really. Like, it doesn't work in the, the senses that it needs to. Even with House 2 being as bad as it is, it still has those, like, connections to House. It is in the same vein. You feel the same tonal uh, comedic elements. This one is just dark for the sake of right. dark. And they do try to do some funny things, I guess. 
Oh, and it's horrible. Like they, it is some of they the fall worst. straight on their face. Yeah, there, there's one. There's I think there's one running bit I really liked that that was pretty funny that had pretty good payoff. But like for the most part, most of the comedy is coming from our villain who is uh, <laughs> not good. I mean, it is like the poorest of poor He's man's Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Yes. Um, right. And I just I just watched the trailer for it, and it was like. Um, if Freddy makes you howl and Jason oh makes God. you scream, Max will make you something. Like, and it was just like, no, I don't think so. You know, and it's um, especially so. Like, it's especially kind of like embarrassing for this movie that he doesn't work because this is produced by, as all the house movies are, produced by Sean Cunningham, yep. who was the original director of Friday the Thirteenth, and. Eventually, he gets the rights back in the 90s, and you make, you know, Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X. But, like, this is his attempt to, like, one-up Wes Craven, you know? In 1989, like, long after the the, uh, the Nightmare series is already pretty much dead at this point. Like, I think we're on, you know, what, four or five at that point? Dream yeah. Child is coming out around this point. So, like, they're, they're already cooked. And here he is coming in super late being like, I, well, here's my answer to you, and it sucks. <laughs> like, it's... And it's worse than even Friday Five, probably. Like, well, I don't. I mean, I don't know. It's probably it's maybe about on par, honestly. But like, there, there's things to like about this. Uh, let's let's should we talk about the cast and all. Or yeah, yeah. I, I want to get through. Um, so this was uh, released in 1989. It was uh, from a United Artist. It's 95 minutes, directed by David Blythe, who was replaced one week into shooting by yeah. James Isaac. So who knows what was directed by him? Maybe that was some of the tonal differences, yeah. but it it doesn't seem like it to me. And we should say too, Jim uh, James Isaac, he did direct Jason X. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, eh, for the campiness, like it, that one at least knows what it's going for. Right. Um. Jason takes Manhattan, or I guess Jason goes to hell. I, I'm not. I'm not a fan so, of in that regard. So, okay, look, I, I clicked on James Isaacs's uh, IMDb for, you know, just out of curiosity right now. A couple interesting things. He died in 2012, which is sad, um, which is too bad. But his credits, uh, he's got a, a few special effects credits. Uh, creature Technician on Return of the Jedi, um, okay. which great creatures in that. Creature probably crew the on Rancor. Probably. That, Jabba, there's a lot of options. Um, yeah. Creature crew on Gremlins, awesome. Hey, um, so Enemy Mine, which is not a great movie, but has okay special effects. House Two special effects coordinator, Virtuosity. Hey, love and it. I one you love, and then special effects on Ex- Existence, the Cronenberg mm. movie, as well as additional crew on Naked Lunch, project supervisor on Naked Lunch. So hey. and oh, and creature effects on the fly. God damn. So he was a favorite of Cronenberg. He must be Canadian. That's probably why hey, Cronenberg's in Jason X. <laughs> it's all coming it to, it's so all coming yeah. together. Yeah. Okay. Uh returning right. champion James Isaac then, because you know, he's, yeah. he's done things. We might not have mentioned his name. Um so we have written by I I've seen Leslie Boehm and then mm-hmm. apparently Alan Warner, but had their name stricken from it and is credited as alan smithy yeah have we like done an alan smithy movie yet have, hmm, have we talked in about some the regard? TV cut of dune no i don't think so wait but maybe just, we like, have 
in a regard of any movie that we've had. So if if anyone's not familiar, if a it's usually director, but in this case a writer, um does a feature film, they are not proud of it, they don't want their name on it, they will just replace it with Alan Smithy. That is just kind of the uh, throughout so many years, Alan Smithy has directed many a movies that nobody yeah. wants to claim. Exactly, and now now he's making his debut as a as a writer. <laughs> as a writer, know. right? Good for him. Glad uh, he's branching out. <laughs> yeah, let's run through the cast. So we have Lance Henriksen as Detective Lucas McCarthy. I was trying Love to think. Him. We've talked about him from Omen Two, but I don't think he's actually been on any of the movies we've discussed. Right. Yes, correct. The actual and movies, yes. He, and he rarely ever is a lead in anything. He's usually a supporting character. I think uh, there's this and like Piranha. True. He's like the lead in Piranha 2. <laughs> you know? Like, those are the only two that I can think of where he's like the main character. Yeah. Do you know he did an X-Files spinoff show? He no, was the lead I... of it. So there was an, an episode of X-Files where he's introduced as like an, an a cop, an ex-detective or something like that who is uh, wrapped up in this Millennium cult thing. Oh. And then they did three seasons of Millennium. Three and seasons. And I believe it ended before, like, the finale. So they came back to X-Files and, like, wrapped it up. Whoa. Okay. Hey, I'll, yeah. I'll get there eventually. I've I've put my X-Files watch on pause, but I'll get there. Soon enough, yeah. Uh, we have Brian James as Meat Cleaver Max Jinky. I kind of love his performance with even as bad as it is. I, there's, yeah. There's a lot of charm in it. He's my big problem with this, and which is weird because I usually love Brian James. Um, he's a really fascinating actor. He is best known for Blade Runner. He plays one of the replicants, right. the one getting tested in the very beginning. But I also really love him in 48 Hours and another 48 Hours. He's in both of those. As I've never Kiho. seen those. Oh man! Uh, first one is great. Great movie holds up. I think that like it, uh, it really does have an interesting place in like action movie buddy cop history, and like, uh, really goes to show you like the raw talent of Eddie Murphy, and like how explosive he was when he first started like showing up. Oh movies. yeah. Um, and then another forty eight hours. I just kept hearing what a letdown it was compared to the first. Like how oh at that point it's just cashing in on like the kind of genre that it like jump started which is a bit true but even for that even for being like a sort of ripoff of itself like it is really fun i think another 48 hours is kind of undervalued and brian james is in both and he's great in both of them uh he okay. plays he, he plays nick nolte's like uh fellow cop at the, at the precinct and he's really good but he's I also mean, got I a really see fun it just for nick nolte yeah exactly yes nolte is is great in it um and then he's also in uh, Tango and Cash, which is a stupid action favorite of mine too. Right? It's he's been a long a, time. He's playing a, he's playing a, an Australian bad guy in that, and I guess like the <laughs> the story goes that he he thought that the the role was just boring, so he just made him Australian to have fun, and they're just like, all right, cool man, <laughs> like go for it, and he makes that that role kind of come alive a little bit. So I usually I like I Brian James. It. He's playing a very similar role, too, in Crime Wave, which I watched recently. Uh, right. The Sam Raimi movie written by the Coen brothers. So Brian James is the villain in that. He's also going... He's very rodent-like in this movie and in Crime Wave. Like, he's got kind of those, like, rat teeth, you know? 
and he yeah. likes the he likes the cackle like a with a the long like, hair and the ponytail mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So yeah. very similar thing in Crime Wave. I don't know why in Crime Wave it makes me laugh, and here it just annoys the <laughs> shit out of me. Like something about it. Well, I I assume he is intentionally the comedic relief it just never really works right in any yeah. of it um we have reader taggart as donna mccarthy the wife we have Dee pfeiffer sister to michelle Insane. as bonnie mccarthy the daughter uh you have aaron eisenberg as scott mccarthy the little uh like bart simpson-esque <laughs> child uh, there's Tom Bray as Peter Campbell, Professor Peter Campbell, and then David Oliver as Vinny. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and just jump into those recommendations. Sure. What have you been watching, reading, consuming that's not horror, Greg? So uh, I saw something that, I mean, debatably, it could be a horror movie. I think it has absolutely has horror elements and is rather unsettling. Um in its story, and then ultimately, like, what it's talking about. Have you seen Under the Silver Lake? I have, yes. The um, Spider-Man movie, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, under Yeah, Andrew Garfield, uh, Riley, Riley Keough, right? right? Is that her name? Uh, Elvis' um, granddaughter. Right, which I think is a big factor in that movie. Uh, and we, as, we talked yeah. about her, what was, was it The Lodge? That was the movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. See, yeah. I I did see this, and you commented on my letterbox uh, review of why am I more worried about his rent than he is. I and commented yours was on like you you at some point you were like in L A rents are so cosmically high that if you even start to think about it, oh, like you will yeah, have yeah. an existential crisis. Right. Throughout. Right. Yes, I remember this now. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's it's absolutely true. You're just like, well, I, I literally can't think about it. I'm just going to live my life and hope it gets paid somehow, you know? Like, I've been in that situation where it's like, <laughs> oh, well, uh, we'll just have to figure that out in a couple days. Yeah. Um, look, and, and that said, now that I've seen the movie, I don't know if I want to defend the main character at all. I think that <laughs> no. this... So David Robert Mitchell, I was looking at his name, I couldn't remember. If people haven't seen it, it's fantastic. Um, a lot of it is shot in within a half mile radius of where I live. Um, I don't live in Silver Lake, and I'm close enough. I'm Silver Lake passing, I think. Um, but like, there's a lot of shots in the movie where he's walking on the Ferndale Trail, which is a part of Griffith Park that is beautiful. It's a little like nature path across some bridges and there's a little stream and there's turtles out there. So a lot of the movie, like he's seen walking through that path. I hike that all the time. Like that is my regular hiking path. And at one point he goes to the Griffith observatory, which is just at the, at the end of the Ferndale trail. Basically you, there's a trail up to the observatory. So like I watched the movie the other night, then I walked that trail and like was listening to the soundtrack and uh, great. I, I'm a brilliant movie. I really loved it. I have not been able to get it out of my head. And it's going to inspire me to do a lot of, like, reading and digging because, like, it's a it's a movie that's, like, a mystery. It's a mystery. Yes. It is. And it, I'll just have to say, the, the mystery continues, like, long after the movie ends for a lot of people. Like, there's an entire yeah. subreddit dedicated to figuring the movie out. Uh, that's interesting. Really cool. I'll have to check out yeah. that. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I would w- watch it again. I think I gave it, like, three or three and a half stars. And it would be one that... 
I have thought about a lot afterwards. And so to the degree of like, well, maybe it is a little bit more deep or heady than I was originally given it credit for. But uh, yeah. just watching it, I was I was stressed because of the rent thing. And just like, what do you, oh my, dude, they're giving you 24 hours. <laughs> do something about it. And he's just like, you know what? I'm, I think I'm going to follow this lead on this missing girl. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's great. And I, I think that the movie does a wonderful job of disguising its like horror elements. Like there's a read on the movie um, that like I didn't get while I was watching it. I had times while I was watching it where I was like, oh, yeah, this, that's kind of interesting or weird or there's something like, surreal happening here. And then when I was reading about it afterwards, and I listened to uh, a friend of the show, George Heffler. He does his great podcast, The Best Little Horror House in Philly. He did an episode about the movie, which is why I watched it. And in that episode, they talk about a take on the movie that I was kind of thinking, like, hey, maybe that could be it. But they go deeper on that read, and it was really fucking okay. fascinating. So, like, watching it again with that in mind, I think, would change everything. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah looking at the cast like, again, uh, love Ricky Lindholm. Yes. She's great. Oh. She's very so beautiful in that movie too. Yeah, has one of the has maybe the funniest line in it. Yeah, she's really good. So for me, I well, I've been watching a little bit of Jury Duty, and it's pretty priceless. I I love so much of it. The one of the funniest thing to me is when the one guy like injures himself. Oh my god! Yes, and everybody yeah. else is talking about how they've had like really <laughs> sweet interactions with them, and yeah. he like has built origami cranes for all these people. And then they go to Ronald, and it flashes back to him being the like, one interaction. Oh, I'm gonna go rub one out in the bathroom while we got time. Ronald's like, <laughs> "Yeah, go for it, man." Dude, Ronald's like energy like that. He's able. He's the way he's able to roll with punches of the weird yeah. shit is so funny. Yeah. Well, James Marston like shits in his room, and he's just kind of like, "Ah, it's okay, man. Don't worry." Yeah, dude. <laughs> he's like, he's laughing like, "Oh yeah, it stinks in here. Let's let's leave." <laughs> God. Uh, um, but besides that, I, after when freaking passed, I, I had to rent it on Amazon because there were no really good Ironic. Uh, sources. I couldn't even do it on YouTube, which is usually yeah. my preferred rental. Um, so, and it was absolutely brilliant. I loved Sorcerer, it, right? You didn't say the title. Yeah, Sorcerer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, Getting towards the end of it, I like was almost like I need to rewatch the beginning because I don't remember the specifics of some of the the intros. Right, and it's like I feel like they they feed back into all of the characters, right? Their motivations, their actions. Uh, Roy Scheider is just a fucking powerhouse in that film. Yeah. I wish there was more of our guy. Joe Spinell, but just yeah. the little bits that he's in it is pretty funny. He's great. Yeah, he's really, really good. Yeah, when it's he's like, like on the quick plane. Scenes. Yep. Oh man, it's like him unloading the plane and then him trying the the driver tryout and yeah. him like you know fucking it up. Yeah, dude, the um, driver tryout is so fucking great when the guy is like willing to drive at children and <laughs> it's like just yeah, like gunning the yeah. truck towards him. Yeah. Even the that guy's like, what way, are you doing? That movie is way funnier than, than I think you would expect it to be, too. Like, there's a lot of really good comedy with it. Like, yeah. honestly, the big truck scene, I, I you know, people haven't seen it, I want to say too much. But it, it's so tense, right? It is, like, the craziest, one of the craziest things ever committed to film. 
and it looks so dangerous and so it, it's unbelievable. That was the thing I kept yeah. coming back to is just like how the hell did they do this? Yep. Well, wait till you get to the, the section and and the and the freaking connection about it. That looks explain oh it. But Cause, like because uh, it is it was insane. Even like I think we're talking. You're talking like the bridge scene, but there's right. even one that's just like all the. It's not a bridge, but it's just like wooden. Um, it's like right. logs that they're driving so it's over like that are like the tr- coming like part, undone. Yeah. It's like part of a of like a, a like a ridge has collapsed, and so they put up wood to like replace it. And then as they're going around this corner, yes, like it starts this. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and I think one that's tire where it just like sinks into it. And, and I think like, that's oh. where you get you get an insert shot of the crates like shifting slightly. That is the scariest mm-hmm. shot in the movie. Is like just a bunch of boxes in sand moving a little bit. That and like it yeah. scares you so much. Yeah. Um, but so the, the bridge scene, like it, it's so tense, it's so crazy. Like, you know, you're you're like, how the fuck do they do this? They do it, and then the joke of the other car doing the exact same thing. Like it is a joke, right? Like it's yeah. it's comedic the way it's like we just did this and it was horrible. Let's do it again, but worse. You know. And then the well, comedy love- of, of, of that, of like, you know, oh, they'll never make it. And then it, the it's a hard cut away from the bridge scene. And then today survived later on. And it's like, there's, it's all, it's cut for comedy at points. Like, it's really it's, great. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. I really love the uh, French actor Serrano. Yes. I thought he was like, so phenomenal in that movie. Uh, and there's a great joke of, I think it's like Roy Scheider's first uh, with his guy. And he leaves a note. It's like, good luck, Serrano. Like, right, you know, on that thing is just like, well, <laughs> I I could be wrong. Again, Freakin explains it in the book, but I think the guy that played Serrano, I think, no, 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 it's Fernando Ray, right? I don't remember. Anyway, one of the actors in Sorcerer was supposed to be the Frenchman in the French Connection. Oh, I think you have uh, talked about this. Yes. Yeah. So like, Freakin finally got to work with him in Sorcerer, and the guy, whoever the guy is, he's he's either Serrano or he's the or he's Nilo, the assassin. But like yeah. um, one of those, whatever. But they're both fantastic. They're both really fucking good in Sorcerer. It was it was his thing. Like as I was watching, and the assassin guy gets introduced later. I was like, oh wait, he did something earlier. I don't really yeah. remember. But like, he has the he has the briefest intro. Yeah, yeah, it's good though. It, yeah, it was fucking great. I loved it. Can't wait to see it on the big screen. Hell yeah! Excited for you All right. to, for, to see that. Yeah, let's talk about the horror show, House Three. Uh, now it starts with a a good old trope. I don't know if we've even seen this before. Probably, we've covered enough movies of home footage with you know sweet music yeah. on top of it, introducing all these characters. It seems like it's being made for grandma. Like they say, <laughs> "Hi, grandma!" at the end of it. Right. Yeah. But it's just like a cookout that they're having. Yeah, it's it's very generic, like family ribbing. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. It, 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 it's yeah, it comes off as really lame. <laughs> it's a bad intro. Uh, we're introduced to the family. Uh, Lucas is restless, can't sleep, so he goes and checks on his family. We see that uh, Scott has you know music headphones on, you know, a bunch of little character things throughout. He goes down to the basement, very spacious basement, and yeah. um, there's a fiery furnace, which comes back into play later. Uh, he starts having flashbacks to when they captured Meat Cleaver Max Jinky, 
who they say at one point is like the most prolific serial killer of right. American history. It's like um, 110 murders or something. <laughs> it's yeah. insane. His partner is scared shitless. He's like, oh my god. He like jumped these two cops in broad daylight and they were good cops. <laughs> that guy's he that guy's playing it so fucking big. Like yeah. I don't know if you remember in The Simpsons the whole McBain movie thing of like the partner in the diner that gets killed. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it's like that level of like foreshadowing his death, you know? Like right. uh yeah. Well, even with foreshadowing, there's the part of um, you know, Hendrickson says right afterwards, he eats and sh- shit, same as us, right? Like, trying yeah. to say, oh, at some point, maybe he won't be... Maybe he won't. I want to say, too, um, before we start the flashback, that when he goes into the basement, th- the furnace, like, shoots fire out. And he's just kind of, mm-hmm. like, staring at it. And this is before Janky is executed. So, I, what the hell is happening? Why is the the furnace is just routinely shooting fire, like, five feet out of outside of it? It's weird. We'll even get to that in more of a moment, because there is more that's, like, yeah. he's not dead yet. Why, why is this happening? Right, yeah. Um... <laughs> So they end up splitting up, and uh, Hendrickson is going through the diner, and it, there's like a hand in one of the deep fryer baskets. This but then is as fun. he goes into the the through the kitchen, there's the deep fryer, and there's a police hat covering up a decapitated policeman's head in the deep fryer. That's great. This is good stuff. Yeah, I like this. He keeps going, and then he sees on the counter there is another police officer's head on a plate within i'm assuming the the police officer's blood says blue plate special which just a great joke yeah. really i don't good. know if it's, they start I don't know high if i don't know if it's blood but that's not cranberry sauce that hey i guess that's right it could technically be ketchup but yeah <laughs> if you got a decapitated head it's right there that's not cranberry um, sauce that's all i know <laughs> Uh, his partner comes back in with like his arm chopped off and just dies <laughs> right in front in in Hendrickson's arms. Um, <laughs> Meet Cleaver well, Max. He, I have he doesn't. Okay, wait, wait, wait. He doesn't just come in. He swings in on a meat hook. It's pretty wild. <laughs> like this stuff, I do like. Like Casey's like on a meat hook, armless, like screaming as he like gets pushed into Lance Hendrickson. There, there's some craziness in this movie. I do really appreciate. Like it is taking some wild swings with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in all of my notes, instead of Meat Cleaver Max, I just put MCM continuously. <laughs> good, good. But that was I. Yeah, I had to give him his full title. Oh, for uh, sure. But yeah. he he sneaks up on Hendrickson. He has a little girl in uh, his arms, kind of like Carol Ann from Poltergeist, looking. Yeah. Makes Hendrickson drop the gun, and then as soon as he does that, he takes the Meat Cleaver in his arm and cuts his own face. Right. No clue why. No, just to show he's kooky he, and crazy. Yeah. He's yeah, he's crazy. Maybe that he's caught and he doesn't care anymore. Uh but then automatically decapitates this little girl and throws so the quickly. head at Lance Hendrickson. Yeah. It's, it's like it's a, it's a single motion. Right. So that's exactly. a very sharp cleaver. He like has his arm around her head, so he like brings her closer to him. The cleaver seems to just barely touch her and her head is off. <laughs> yeah. Like and then he throws the head at her, at at Lance. Yeah. Uh, the head like you know pops its eyes open. Um, this is when we find out he is he is still dreaming. He <laughs> is uh waking up in bed with Donna, and she's like, "You're dreaming, you're dreaming." And he's like, "Uh, uh." And I don't know if again if we've ever done this trope in a movie that right. we covered, but it's it's a fake 
the dream, dream within a dream thing. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> Donna then turns into Meet Cleaver Max in a, a nightgown with a wig. Uh huh. One of the best things of it. I love it. Yes. I really love it. Um, He brings down the meat cleaver and eventually, uh, you know, Hendrickson wakes up. He's choking Donna. She slaps him. Yes. And we find out that there is a meat cleaver scar, like a very faint thing on his chest. Again. Right. Max Jinky is not dead yet. Yeah. So this is literal stigmata. They bring it up later at his psychiatrist thing. It's like, it, I guess this is just his own uh, psychological, you know, makeup making yeah. it real. You can you could maybe make the argument he scratched himself in his sleep or something. Like he definitely is mentally unstable, and it yes. could be self inflicted. That's, that's that's my true. only guess. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> he, it's something they don't even very get unstable. into enough, right? I, by the end, I feel like they don't really address his mental his mental instability. No. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, like he is unstable. He was choking his wife. Jenky's not dead yet, and he's like, "No, I don't want to go to therapy." His wife's like, "Um, you just <laughs> tried to kill me. Maybe yeah. you should." He's like, "Don't. Hey, once I see this guy put to death, it'll all be over." Uh, he ends up going to the execution. I love that we get some of the exposition with like. The news crew. Yep. Um, we find out that like uh, meat, cleaver, yeah. meat Cleaver Max wants to be buried with his Meat Cleaver. <laughs> Would they? And they're going to let that's, him? That's evidence, right? Right. <laughs> uh, uh, we right, don't so, see it, but I would be interested in what his last meal was. I, yeah, same. Yeah. I, I'm we assuming maybe it, was, maybe it was a blue plate special. Maybe ate that cop's head. <laughs> Could you know? be. As he was getting arrested, saved that. That's my last meal. Yeah. Yeah. I do <laughs> love it the communion me. and the priest. Like, he, just the way he sticks out his tongue. Yes. Is pretty I great. Know. And then spits just spits out the it wafer. back at the priest. Yeah. yeah. Before we talk about his actual execution, this is part of a of a wave that came in the late 80s of movies about people being executed and then coming back from the dead. So yeah. you also had Prison in 1987. Destroyer oh, I've never heard in of that one. 1988. Yeah, I haven't. Wow. That's one I hadn't heard of. I heard. I've heard of Destroyer, and then I've heard of Shocker, which Shocker, is, I see. Uh, which is Wes Craven. So, like, this is again right. Sean Cunningham having a beef with Craven, seemingly releasing mm-hmm. another movie of the same with the same premise, the same year. Uh, um, Shocker, starring Mitch Pileggi of X Files fame. Oh, hey, there you go. He's a cigarette smoking man. No, he is uh, Skinner. Skinner. Um, Skinner. Right. 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 Assistant director Skinner. He's like their boss. Yes. Right. Okay. I knew it's somebody I'd seen already this early on. Uh, and then there's the first power, apparently, in 1990. I was really trying mm. to think, like, what is it about this time? And, hey, speaking of William Freakin, he made a, a movie about the death sentence called uh, Rampage in right. the late 80s right. as well. That concerned, uh, you know, this a, a serial killer on death row. My my th- my theory for this, and uh, I think Freakin even talks about it a little bit in Freakin Connection, but around this time, so like the 70s are like the era of the serial killer, right? It's like the mm-hmm. serial killer golden age. You got Bundy, you got Son of Sam, you have, uh, you know, Green River Killer, all these people. And in 1989, that, that is the year that Bundy was executed. I, and so, I was going to guess 
Yeah. It was around th- Bundy's execution. I think at this point in the late 80s, the Golden Age serial killers are either have been caught or they are kind of fading away a little bit. It's slowing down around this point, right? I mean, you still That's have guys true. out there like Dahmer, of course, but like it's, it's not still happening. Not caught yet, right. But you have somebody like Bundy, who's the most notorious of them, I'd say, or, you know, one of the most notorious, and like he gets put to death. And that debate was raging across i think the country of like is it even right to kill him like is this in the zeitgeist right right so and i think that here's these movies that that come in to exploit this fear of like well you can kill him but he's not going to stay dead you know (laughs) and there is an interesting idea in this about like we talked about it last week with whipping the body like the trauma that people induce is what makes them come back as a ghost the fact that they've had such an impact on the living but the living people can't forget them that's what a haunting is, right? So, like, right. I, I think this is a fun idea to have, like, hey, this serial killer made such a horrible negative impact on on the country that the memory of him cannot fade away. You could execute him, and it's going to make his, like, image stronger, essentially. Yeah, and Henriksen is already being haunted, even without him being dead. Yes. He's still, exactly. like, very uh, broken because of this interaction of holding a dead child's head in his arms. Yes. And I think this movie is a weird one because, like, th- there's a lot of talk about, like, ah, good cops. He was a good cop. And then it's like, yeah. Even the even the good cop in this, Henriksen, is choking his wife in his sleep. Like, that's well, what the job it's not does intentionally. to him. Right. But that's what the job does yeah. to him, is what I'm saying. It's yes, like, even at, even, even at your best, you are being irreparably fucked up by this job, you know? Yeah. Like, and he's constantly pulling a gun out, like, on random things, like, especially uh, later on. There's, later yeah. on, especially the internal affairs officer is, like, yeah. basically saying, we're all guilty. That's yeah. that's the thing I have learned from this job. Right, which is, exactly. You know, they, they which, see the worst of the, of the but, best. But I don't think unquote. the movie is, is really self-aware enough, because that, that, inter- that IA guy is made out to be, like, a, a villain, essentially, like... I know. I loved his right. performance. He is he's an good. asshole. He's going. He's going for it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um. All right. So, uh, it's not technically his last words because he does speak afterwards. <laughs> but when right. asked for last words, his response is "blow it out your ass, pinhead." Pretty fun. And then yeah. they flip the switch, and he is being electrocuted. You know how many ever thousands of volts through his body uh, doesn't kill him. It takes like three says, seconds though before he like passes out, and they're like, "Oh, done." Right. It's yeah. All that did was give me a hard on, and so they flipped the switch more, and he is. Uh, it's insane. He's almost melting. Looking, yes, but still breaks out of the chair. His skin is, is like lit bubbling. on fire at yeah. some point. Yeah, and then starts walking towards Henriksen. I'm coming back to tear your world apart. I'm gonna fuck you up. And then pretty dies. great, awesome. It I mean, is honestly, funny. awesome scene. Hey, the other cool thing about this scene is there's two other cast members that I took notice of. Um, you have Lawrence Tierney as the warden. I don't know if you recognize him. He's Joe oh, he from Reservoir Dogs. Uh, yes, that's right. I did. Yeah, Sean him. Uh, yes. Sean Penn's not Sean Penn. Uh, Chris Penn's father in Reservoir Dogs. Right. Um. So he's there. He's also in a movie I talked about not too long ago, a couple months ago. Um, Tough guys don't dance. He gives a titular okay. line in that. Uh, yeah. So he's great. Love Lawrence Tierney. And then Louis Arquette is Lieutenant Miller 
you know, uh, Henry Six's boss. So David David Arquette, uh, Patricia Arquette, you know, all the Arquettes. That's their father. Yeah. He's also another Arquette. He's in Scream. uh, Right. The the one who transitioned. um, And I'm forgetting. There's a couple more Arquettes, I think. (laughs) Yeah. But. (laughs) Oh, uh, as well as like as. Meet Cleaver Max is like walking towards Hendrickson. Hendrickson like picks up a chair yes. and is ready to like do battle, and then he dies. Yeah. Look at that. this point yeah. in the movie, I'm all in. I think this first act is actually really fun. Um, yeah, some of the family stuff is kind of funny too. Like I think we'll get to it in just a second, right? About like yeah. uh, uh, Scott's antics. <laughs> like what, what I think Scott's some of that's kind of funny. Is, yeah, that's in like that's like like two notes. So what we see right. um, is we get introduced to Professor Peter Campbell, who is investigating the dead body and sees an electric ghost uh, leave the corpse. <laughs> Which yep. was pretty rough looking, but uh, it was funny. Like, the coroner's like, I've read some of your theories. I think you're insane. I don't have time for this. Let me know when you're done with the body. And just leaves. Leaves 10 seconds before a ghost leaves the yes, body. Exactly. It, the timing could not have been worse for that guy. Yeah. 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 Um, Henriksen goes to see his psych and is like, yeah, this was great. I want you to sign these papers so I can actually get back on the force. It's what I need to do. It's what I am. And that's when they start talking. It's so weird that the psychiatrist is like, hey, what's that on your shirt? And notices the yeah. the meat cleaver scar. And then they start talking about stigmata. And Hendrickson's like, that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I think that is that is Hendrickson's best line in the movie. Like, it's so good. He, he has actually... He has another one with the psychiatrist later that I think is yeah, so yeah, bad I, it's good. I know what you're talking about, yes. Um, I will say, I love Lance Henriksen. I think he's great. Obviously, he's been in a ton of Bishop. great movies. Right. Uh, excellent as Bishop. Like, so good. Um, I think he's kind of really miscast in this movie. Like, maybe not miscast, but I don't think he's good. I I think that he's just got a weird energy as, like, the sort of, like, stern, you know, nuclear family dad. Like, he doesn't yeah. really, he's, he's too intense for that. And which kind of works for the, ups, you know, the kind of, like, damaged cop stuff. Like, that intensity. But right. I also don't think he really nails that either somehow. He should, There's, but, like... This is, like, two different movies being put together. I kind of yeah. want to chalk it up to direction. I, and, I like, think we've so. We've seen yeah. him do so much, like, good before that it's like, well, like, even, like, a role like this. Like, I feel like I've seen you do this exact thing. Yeah. Um, in a better movie. I think he does uh, this exact thing in Piranha 2, which is not a good movie, but I think yeah. he's actually kind of good in that. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, he is eclipsed by Bill Paxton, but fucking yeah. he's great in Near Dark, too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. He is. He's great. Yeah. I love. I usually right. love him, and I was really excited to see him in this, and then, like, I feel like it kind of just let me down a little. Yeah. So let's get into a little bit of the family dynamics. Um, it seems the only thing donna does is like she's a wife she loves her cat cosmos that's yeah. about it we don't get anything else cute cat um, though it is a cute cat uh scott listens to music on his headphones all the time and yeah. likes to rip off corporations that by... is a funny that's the best running joke <laughs> yeah by uh mailing them that like something was wrong with the product what's the first <laughs> one like nesquik Nes- nestle yes nesquik yeah. yes um, at the end of the movie, rat hair is that in it. 
there's uh a there was a thumb in his chili. <laughs> it's I, funny, it, and I love how the, the mom's like, it's like I'm I can't even punish you. I'm gonna have to tell your father, and like, he that, might punish you. But yeah. for me, I'm fine with this. Yeah, I I do think that the next cook one was very funny because I was like, what a weird product. I was like, what like kind of shameless product placement. I'm like, oh, it's Nes- it's Nestle's <laughs> yeah. quick. But then the, the reveal that he ripped them off for a year supply by saying he found rat <laughs> hair in his Nest Quick. I'm like, okay, that's pretty funny. I like that. I think they are obviously getting the product placement bump, but it's like, but you're also using it for a joke, which I thought was good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bonnie is just horny. That's pretty much all that we get. Yeah. Uh, she has a boyfriend, Vinny, who, uh, she's planning on sneaking into the basement later on. Although, when she goes down there to look for a dress, he's already there, already wants to get started. But she's like, no, 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 I have to wait till my parents leave. Which is even dumb, because... We cut to them, like, having a nice dinner, Lucas and Donna. Hendrickson so they're already gone. Wife. Yeah. They're already gone. Benny's already in the basement. Where they're He's alone. already in the basement. Yeah. But it seems that she waits until the moment that the parents, like, come back and say, hey, we're home. Before, yes. like, she goes to do anything. A very weird time. But as, after she leaves, we see, um, or we hear Meet Cleaver Max seducing Bonnie by using or seducing Vinny by using Bonnie's voice. Right. Which is something he does again later on using different voices, but it was just it's kind of dumb. Uh so yeah. Henriksen and his wife go to dinner. He surprises her with tickets to Barbados and they're going to have a nice time. They come home, they're going to start, you know, kissy kissy, fucky fucky and he gets a phone call. You don't you don't like that? That's not what you I, call I, it, I, I think I I think I actively despise that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he gets a phone it's call that skin is, crawl. <laughs> is the meat lever meat cleaver Max who's saying, "Hey, gonna do some kissy kissy fucky fucky," and he goes, "Nope, I'm I'm turned off immediately." <laughs> Says it's the wrong number and just like turns over. I love his his expression when he's like, "Yeah, I'm so." Like, am I going crazy? And his wife's like, well, I thought we were going to have sex. I guess I'm just going to go to bed. It's a weird moment. She just immediately gives up on it. Doesn't really ask how he is or what's wrong. Just like, I guess I'm yeah. not getting fucked and turns over. Yeah. I, there's all, some other weird, funny things kind of in the middle of all that. Like, when 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 Lucas is driving home, we get a flashback to everything we've already seen in the movie. It just feels That's like a way too. to pad out yeah. the runtime. Uh, and then I, I haven't in my notes. I don't know where it is. Maybe it's in the basement or something. But like, there's a newspaper clipping that says "man jabbed with AIDS needle chops off arm." I don't know. It's, it's in my notes in all caps. I think it was a headline uh, on a newspaper. Was was that um, when he goes to Jinky's apartment and he Maybe. like hits the wall and like the there's that sliding door. That he opens up, right? He's got a bunch of different things. That's the only yeah. place I could think of. It's or, in a weird place in my notes. <laughs> he, it's it's right before they're about to have sex. He's looking at like the That's Weekly it. World yes. News. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's or like exactly the New York it. Post type of of you know publication. Yep. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's also a um, just a random scene of Scotty doing a classic eighties rock out in his room. He's listening to music and just like pumping his arms. And like, and I, I just, that's when Bonnie comes yeah. in because uh-huh. she's like, Oh, you have to help me search for the house for Vinny. Cause he wasn't yeah. there earlier. And uh, Scott's reply is never sneak up on a man blasting Metallica. 
Exactly. Yes, I have that line yeah. written down. I, <laughs> yeah. I just I was very tickled by Scotty's character in general. Something about him. You mentioned him being a live action Bart Simpson. That Pretty is completely much. accurate. And for some reason, I just enjoyed it. Like he's he's one of the <laughs> better parts of the movie to me. Is him to like him to call his father Lucas and to yes. say don't have a cow, man. Right. I Carumba when I he <laughs> yeah. has to say I Carumba when Max sneaks into his room with a cleaver at the end. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're searching the house for Vinny. Lucas can't sleep, so he's like going through, goes to the basement, and starts yelling at the furnace that is fiery and has the voice of Meat Cleaver Max. Yes, kind of love this. It's uh, you feel like this is where they took a lot of those uh, dark tonal themes of Home Alone, of like going down to the scary furnace in yeah. the basement. <laughs> exactly same but era they hear, yeah <laughs> they hear him yelling and are like oh shit they caught Vinny." comes back up and he's like no i was i wasn't talking to anyone and then bonnie gets um grounded i love it pretty much just cuts to the next day and they're making a turkey dinner for lunch yeah it's, it's hendrickson's favorite I just yep. like hey let's have a full thanksgiving dinner for lunch it's it's to help your dad out. Exactly. Uh, also, at some, point, this, uh, at some point earlier in this, also, Professor Peter like, approached Lance about what's going on and started to somewhat explain what's happening. But, like, you know, Henryson blew him off. But I just I bring that up because, like, this is the most insane ability that Max has, what he does here. Like, this is the dumbest thing. Like, what about being an electrical ghost allows makes you able to do something like this? You know? Like, right. I don't it get it. It feels like we've seen it in from the original house, so, like, they can change things. Like, right, yes. I mean, that, to me, make makes it, a little more sense, because it's like, there's some sort of weird interdimensional portal in the house, right? Exactly. Like the first one. Right. Yeah. And things just don't operate, like, in a level of reality that we're used to in the first one. Which, so, like, I feel like the, the weird stuff is a little bit more justifiable. Like, okay, that's fine, yeah. But here, they make it explicitly, he's, like, electric now. That's his thing. So why yeah. is he? Why does he have, like, Freddy Krueger dream powers? Like, like I really don't get it. the first one, there's the bizarre thing where his ex-wife comes. Yes. Turns into, like, a big witch. He shoots her, cuts her head off. Right. Chops her up into different pieces, and then there's like the hand that is just going around places. And yeah, like, that's not ghostly. I don't. I don't understand any of this. No, but it's weird, and it's like you know, it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Did we talk? We didn't talk about. Do you, you got I, I mean, Norm like, there? So whatever. Exa- yeah, I really like that first house. I think the first house is really fun and really good, and shockingly has a like pretty interesting story about PTSD going on. Yes, right. Yes, like, it does. Yes, and I I think that first one's really fascinating. These other two, holy shit, man! Like, uh, well, there's a third one. There's I, House I, there's Four. A, yes, I know. Which, which I I, I think I'll, I'll have to time. see it. Oh, you it's, watched all four? Oh my god! I oh I saw. I need to make it, better yeah. choices with my life. Yes, yes, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, um, so the turkey dinner comes alive and like <laughs> has Max's head in it for some weird reason. It's it kind of looks like a cross between a face hugger and a turkey. Yeah, it looks a, really terrible. It's also um, our, our second dead bird ghost scare in this month because we had the, the the chicken walking in the hallway in the frighteners. The, in frighteners, and now, yeah. And now funny. we have a an electric ghost 
possessing the turkey again maybe i should i should pivot and do one for the no no. (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's a lot of those out there i feel like ghostly chickens poultry geist and stuff like that yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah That was what I was going to pivot to, but no, no, we'll uh, no, that. no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> um, he stabs the turkey and then says, oh, I, I don't like turkey. And then cuts to them watching a uh, political comedian talking I, about like Dan Quayle's wife. A classic 80s stand up. Yeah. Yes, he also yes. talks about Barbara Bush looking like George Bush's mom. <laughs> right. Um. Um, the the three of them, uh, Donna, Bonnie, and Scott, are having a blast. They are of, busting up. Yeah, it's like Dennis Miller is on mm-hmm. the TV or something, <laughs> <laughs> and and Henriksen is just he's having a real rough time. Um, he even sees Meet Cleaver Max like on the TV as a comedian. Yeah, it's pretty rough comedy. Like it's not great. It's, it's not even bad funny. It's literally just Rodney Danger. It's straight up Rodney Dangerfield jokes, but it's just with a slight jokes, twist to make them below. about killing people. Yes. Yeah, yes. and it's like uh, it's, it's it? so sad. <laughs> Take my wife, disembower, please. Oh, God, yeah, that's the thing. Like, uh, oh, the worst one is like it again. Straight up is a Rodney Dangerfield joke, and if you picture Rodney saying it, it's very funny. But in this context, it's not. But he's like, oh, my wife likes to talk after sex. Just the other night, she called me from Vegas. That's right? pretty good. And I then like that that's one, yeah. that's funny. He and then he adds a little thing of like, and then I killed her. Like at the end of it, it's like you're not even trying. Like you're not even trying. Um, he even looks more like a game show host. Like it's a very yes. sparkly kind of blazer he's got on. Right, and like the the, the thing says "Death a Thon" above him, and I feel like you don't have like comedy comedy things with like an a thon ending like was he trying uh, to do a jerry lewis type thing? i think like the, i think so the telethon that that would yes. make more sense yeah yeah but it um, sucks this is one of the most embarrassing parts of the movie honestly like but it's great henrickson just pulls out his gun and shoots the television <laughs> hey Elvis I, I like it yeah i think it's mm-hmm. funny yeah so the wife freaks out and uh cuts to him in his psychiatrist office and this is the reading that i really loved is am i crazy <laughs> yes that i that's uh to me too absolutely yeah. <laughs> uh basically it's just like oh i need to go to his apartment so he goes right. to meet cleaver max's apartment runs into uh peter campbell again there's a lots of weird medical equipment just kind of around and there's a picture of lucas's family right. um, so this is where we get all the exp- uh exposition of it is that Meet Cleaver Max was like, quote unquote, like snake venom. He was trying to build up a tolerance to electrocution. This is. And succeeded? So, what the hell? You electrocute yourself enough and you don't become immune to it, but when you get shocked enough, you enter an ethereal plane of existence, I guess. It says another material plane, yes. Right. And that. So. To do. The solution is to bring him back with electricity and then blow the motherfucker away. Why would more electricity bring him back? This is this is one of the least thought out, most poorly explained. Like, and it's premises. so funny. The end of it, they're technically not even using electricity unless it's no. in that other material plane. 
which yeah, doesn't what, really make sense. Right. He's when he shocks himself, it's not in the real world. It's it's imaginary electricity. We have to assume, yes. right? Like, yes. What the fuck? I really don't. I, I this uh, it's so baffling. It's the logic has so, just so gone crazy. right out the window. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's when um, meet Cleaver Max. He calls uh, as Vinny. And tells Bonnie to go into the basement. She finds Vinny's body. Police come. And that's when we they take uh, Henriksen to the interrogation room. Which I think is just a good scene. I like the Henriksen and the IA officer. I think they play well off of each other. It's just not in the right movie. Pretty much. Right. It is just the wrong movie. Um uh, Peter Campbell does some sort of experiment, and he's like, oh, I'm. It, this will prove that he's electric and I can bring him back. Just automatically gets killed by Meat Cleaver Max. Yeah. Do you think it might be a stronger move if we don't have the explanation for how Max is back just yet? We have, he gets executed, he says, I'm coming back for you. Weird stuff is happening, right? But we maybe don't yeah. even know if it is max is actually back or is it actually lucas doing this stuff I think, and imagining I think that's it, good you know i think yeah you, you do a red herring you have campbell continuously saying like something's going on i can prove it right we don't see his death and what we see is then Hendrickson coming to find his dead body right. and a tape recorder and it's it's all the experiments that Campbell had been doing of I'm gonna prove it, I'm gonna bring him back, and then you see Meet Cleaver Max come back and kill Campbell, and then that's when he like connects everything. Yes. Yeah. And maybe you would lose out on like Vinny's death, you know, like not not seeing that, I guess. Which is kind of fun. Like the cleaver he... still has this magic property to completely remove people's like body yes. parts in a single swing. They said he was cut in half. Is he? Is him yeah. and Campbell are the two? They're like basically two deaths, right? Yes. Yeah. But I think yeah. too, like even the IA scene, which I I agree, the IA guy is really going for it, and I think it's a decent scene, but it comes off as a little annoying because we know Henriksen's not guilty. You know, exactly. it just it just feels like an obstacle at that point to like the climax of the movie. You're just like, well, hurry up and get through this so we can get to our climax where he faced off at Max. You know. I wouldn't even be surprised if that guy was a real cop at some point. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just like, I, you know, I I tried to fulfill my acting dream, and all I get and he's cast like, in is cop roles. Or he's the advisor on this movie, and he's so good, they're just like, oh, why don't you just play yeah, it? Yeah, we yeah. should just use him, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, Michael Mann um, style. They, they leave the room, and leave uh, Henriksen in there. And, like, automatically, his court-appointed attorney walks in, and it's obviously Meet Cleaver Max in On a trench coat yes. and a hat. I mean, great costume, though. I do like the look a lot. Yeah. He's doing some weird accent, like, too. Yeah, and then just takes off the hat and is like, and then chops the table in half. Like, that's pretty much what he does. Yep. <laughs> oh, so funny. Um... That's when we see Bonnie in the shower. From up above, you get a little nipple shot. And nudity on YouTube. Love it. They they uh, say earlier, she they explicitly say earlier that she's supposed to be 17, right? Yep. Because she's like, I'm turning 18 soon. In and a so, month. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. So, look. 
I mean, this whole thing, you know, far, I, I hate, no, I don't hate complaining about it. Cause like, I think that it is like just a sign of the times and it's like, you know, uh, I'm glad things like this have changed a little bit, but like, it's a completely gratuitous, unnecessary nude, right. nude scene, right? Sexualizing a minors. A character we've established is a minor. Yep. And then what happens to her in the next scene like it, it's like the fact that we just saw this bit of titillation before that scene. It's both like weirdly shaming the audience, but also like you know, I don't know, being it's Preparing being exploitative us for what's coming, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, it's just the whole thing reads is very, very gross to me. You know, yeah, like this uh, entire sequence. Yeah, it reminded me just now of basically the same thing happening in the stepfather of like yeah. we know this girl is underage. Oh, we're just gonna do a quick shower scene. Yep. Quick nipples. She's like yep. 16 in that movie. Yeah. Ugh, Jesus. <laughs> um, I think the same so year we, as this too, right? Or maybe year before. Yeah. Uh, I want to say like 87 maybe, but, mm. you know, right around there. Yes, yes. Um, Henriksen's boss comes into the interrogation room, tells him that Campbell, they found Campbell's body. They're, they're going to charge him for that murder as well. And just keep saying, I just got to get home. I got to get home. He punches his way out of the police station. He yeah. just, like, knocks out his superior, grabs his gun, and leaves. We don't see anything else. We just see him walk out of the room, and I imagine, like, you know, he just whistles. And it's like, oh, that guy, like, he's totally comfortable. He's where he should be. We shouldn't question him. Right. <laughs> That's when Donna sees the ghostly dead girl walking through the house, and she follows her. Down to the basement, and then we see the dead cat, Cosmos, being held. Um, turn around, and it's uh, meowing coming out of Meat Cleaver Max's mouth. Yeah, constant Bizarre. constant cat yowling at this point. When I first tried to watch this movie, it was very late at night. I was in bed, and I fell asleep, right? Sh- shocked awake when the fucking yowling started and scared the shit out of me. Um so that this was tough. It's just like con- it's like a siren. It is like you, you constant yes. cat yelling at this point. Yeah, almost like it's fighting in a back alley. Yeah, exactly. Type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's when Hendrickson comes home. He goes to find Scott with his ears blown out from music. I guess. I, don't <laughs> I know. guess so. Weird. We don't see this attack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we he finds Bonnie in her bed, and she has, as we have described before. Um, it is like the Freddy Krueger wall uh, for her belly. She has yep, got a pregnant yep. belly now. And Meat Cleaver Max's face is just like poking right out of that pregnant belly. Yeah. Very weird. Real bad it, vibes it, with all this stuff. I I hate it. It's disgusting. It's the effect is kind of like, good. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think it's so. And it's almost like he's preparing to shoot her in the stomach. Right, yes. He's pointing a gun right at it. Yeah. Um, um and then his his scar this this special like is actually really fucking good right here. Yeah. It's it's yeah. a videodrome esque. He gets he like backs up into the wall, and then the uh, ghostly meat cleaver scar turns into a vagina. Mm-hmm. And he's like Almost like, you know, kind of playing with it a little bit to kind of show. And I love I love the um the way that he does it is like he he's on the door pretty much and like grabs outside of the room and pulls himself out and he's like, Oh no, I'm yeah. fine. It's it's all good. 
what was it oh there is uh oh he comes down to the uh kitchen table and scott is there and then bonnie has her baby which he just then like they say something he picks up the baby and like smashes it on the kitchen table it's a trick yeah but then it just it disappears and it's just a baby blanket that very puppet odd. looks very bad too. It's like American yeah. Sniper level of fake baby. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen that. I just know of the I, the baby. I, the fake same baby. here. Same here. I've seen the screenshots yeah. of the fake baby. Yeah. Uh, we have another flashback hallucination where now Peter Campbell is the head on top of the blue plate special. Yeah, telling you know, giving some encouraging words. You know, charge him up, blow his blow the motherfucker away, and then his <laughs> head. Explodes <laughs> for I, uh, no reason. Kind of love that. Is okay. Is the fact sure. that the hallucination of Peter's head is giving advice one is Lucas just imagining that, or two is Peter somehow also stuck in this plane? Yes. Is this material plane like an actual ghostly thing? But Max has been charged enough that he can now control control what it he's and doing move inside between of it. it. Yeah. Yes. I, who knows? Sure. Sure. Um, they start chasing through the factory, uh, you know, that he was caught in. He has the wife as a hostage. They fight. At one point, the wife says, what about the children? And then uh, Max comes and goes, fuck the children. His best delivery. Yeah. Pretty fun. Pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, they keep just chasing and eventually electrocute him on this big panel i don't know there's a a big two by four that he's pressing him into donna gets like an uh a lone wire and like shoves it up his nuts and then we flash to now they're inside of the house like their their house the real house. they never left their house yeah the titular house they are yes And he is now a corporeal being, and then he gets shot, like, multiple times. And then Henriksen is like, oh, I'm going to shoot you in the face just for good measure. We don't see anything after this. We don't know if the cops are, like, okay, if they believe that, oh, hey, this we guy believe came you back that this ground. guy became an right. electric ghost and haunted your family. Yeah. Survived being electrocuted. His body is now. He has two bodies now. Yeah. What? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. We never. We never hear anything about it. All we do is we cut to them moving out of the house, and uh, like, oh, we got all the packages. And Hendrickson's like, go check again, just make sure. And they find Cosmos in a box. Yep. And then the guy comes with um, a five-year supply of chili. Uncle Texas spicy chili. Mm-hmm. And they very laugh. funny. Yes. Huddle together as a family, and it's... Is it a freeze frame? It's almost a freeze frame. Right. But it's some it's horrible based, yeah. music that's a yeah. closer. So here's my question. I mean, I, I look, it was retitled in the United States as just the the horror show, so I, I, yes. I, I, I get it. But it was originally developed as House 3. Mm-hmm. Why well, is this House 3? other countries yeah. as House 3. It's I not the know. house doing any of this. It's Max. There's a person doing it. It's not the house. Well, so like, why are they in, even moving out at the end? It's not even the house doing it. It's, it's well, Max. he still killed someone in it. And you, you, you know, I, yeah. 
you've right, been haunted, sure. you kind of want to get out of that, you know, PTSD area. It's right. going to trigger a lot. Um, yeah. Would you say the house is doing it in the original house? Isn't it Big Ben? I think so. Haunting? Kind of. I, I, I think the house allows Ben to come through. I think it's kind of explicit in that one that, like, it's... There's a strange portal or presence in the house that allows this stuff to happen, yes. right? And then Big Ben his, is like a product of that. Like he's his allowed aunt to is come even through. Saying it's haunted, yeah, right. Yes, and I think Ben. I don't. I don't think. I think Ben comes out of that guy's mind, right? I don't think that Ben or something oh. like that. I think. I think the house. I think the haunting of the house manifests things, you know, to haunt you. Essentially, is it your guilt? Yeah, that. That has everything, which could make sense of why there's the ex-wife that then gets shot and yes. turns into the witch. Is that his it's, guilt it's, over it's, their it's personal based their on yeah. right? It's personal based on who is living in the house. I think, yeah, okay. Um, okay. And then house two again, no ghosts, right? There, it's again, it's arguably not really the one, house in that maybe. one. Yeah, yeah, and that one, it's not really the house. It's the crystal skull, it's, exactly. Which that really tickled me. You know, the fact that it's a crystal skull. Yeah. Years before um, George Lucas came yes. up with the idea. Yeah. And then this um, one, uh, it's not the house at all. It's an electric ghost. Yeah. I, they each have a haunted house-esque vibe to it, but it is not... You're right. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree. Even in the fourth one, which is bizarre, because we bring back... Was it Roger Cobb? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's not the same house as the first one. It's not the same wife. He has a daughter instead of a a son. But it's still supposed to be like the same character, a continuation, a sequel of the first. It really makes no sense. It's pretty it's pretty bad. I will say the t- the type of house in each one is kind of similar. Right? I feel like each of them yeah. have like a weird they have like a, you know, central foyer room, you know, like there's like a weird stained glass window in each of them, kind of like they're all kind I think of like. This one was the the most just like basic generic. house, like you would yeah. see in yeah in a California. The first right. one has like really nice marble flooring as you come in. Yeah, the, yeah. in the second one they have those like Aztec stone columns. Yeah, yeah. it's a fucking great looking house. Like I would it love is. to live there. We didn't even um, mention Bill Maher in House Two. Which oh my god, a, I forgot such, about so that. So bizarre, yeah. As a sleazy... I, um, record producer? Yeah, that's what he was... Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. I, I said this in Letterboxd, but I would have given it a full extra star if he had been eaten by, a, by the pterodactyl or the giant mole thing, you know? That would have been great. If they had if they had bitten Bill Maher's head off, that'd be a, a three and a half star movie, yeah. And it's funny, if, if it would have been like Dennis Miller in... <laughs> yeah. The, this movie as the comedian yeah. that would have been like i would okay, have been well, a bump would have been i guess bump. we're not gonna have like ted danson or rhea perlman or like yeah. coach was dead at this point but you know like right kelsey Grammer, like he it would have been so much better woody harrelson had a ran yes a random cheers person in this movie yeah. all right yeah man. um yeah let's talk about this movie give some final thoughts and ratings what are we going to rate it out of obviously ghostly meat cleavers that's good is there that's anything good. else uh rat-faced turkeys because he's kind of got a rat face yeah yeah um walkman's blasting metallica 
uh, uh, <laughs> thumb chili. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, ghostly meat cleaver. We're just gonna stick yeah. with that one. All right. Sounds um, good. This movie is insane. As I said it before, <laughs> had I seen this at thirteen, I would probably be like, I don't think this is good, but I kind of love what it's going for, and just the like the swing for the fences. But every time you're hitting a ball, or it's like going into the foul ball area type yeah. thing. Um, Brian James is a bizarre performance. He real again is swinging for the fences each time, never really connecting well. Uh, but sometimes you get a bunt. You know, sometimes it's there. Uh, <laughs> it it sells the B moviness of all of this and how it was, you know, very bizarre in that we were like, oh, we're gonna continue the series. It's not even that popular. Like I feel like House Two lost a bunch of money. Oh and yeah. It was like, well, we have this IP. I guess we'll just keep going with it. Um, I might not watch this again, but there may be scenes here and there I could be like, you know, this is this can be enjoyable. It it has its moments. I'm going for two point nine, uh, ghostly meat cleavers. It is. Right. It was entertaining. I can't say it's good. But I was enthralled with a lot of the dumbness of this movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm 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 pretty close to that. I I think I'm gonna go a little lower with mine. Like, I do think that they're. I I guess it's capturing whatever weird zeitgeist is going on with the idea of of executing serial killers at this point, and I think that um, it's trying to have some sort of view on the trauma that the job of being a detective can inflict on you and how it affects your family. Right. And the violence you can kind of bring home with you into your like normal everyday American home. Right. Like that's a little bit of what it's like trying to talk about, but it's so cartoony with the horror element. Like uh, Max is just the wrong tone for everything else around him. Like Henriksen is playing this very kind of melodramatically. Right. And in in a weird weird way, he doesn't quite nail strangely. But then, like you know, Brian James is just at he's out of he's out of fifteen out of ten any given point <laughs> yeah. in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's it's really too much. He's a sentient rat man who cannot stop cackling. And then like you, you kind of have to applaud just going for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you kind of do, but and I think that it does lend the movie a an, a, a kind of wacky energy that could be a lot of fun. But then you have things like that are just too dark, like with Bonnie. Anything, everything, everything with Bonnie at the end is way too dark, and I think it's just completely mishandled and like gross. Like that, that whole point really dour, like, soured me on this movie. <laughs> you know, it's like okay, I was having some dumb fun, but then like you're going to th- to that level with this. You know, like minutes after you like have this gratuitous shower scene with her too. Like, you know, it's just like the whole thing came off as like. That was like, oh, they're not going for a good movie. They're going for exploitation, cheap trash, you know. Yes. And it yes. And it made the darker elements really just feel like I don't know, crude. I guess in a way. Um, and it makes you think, like, did she get assaulted? Is it just I, implied? I, I think Hannah that's goes almost that? definite. I guess so. And then I think the same thing happens to Donna because, like, Max jokes about it, right? Like, 
I, I think that's what is happening, I, but it's hard to say. Like, I, I, I don't know. But so I, I uh, there's some laughs to be had. I think some of the effects are pretty good. Like the execution scene is kind of a blast. And then like, there's some interesting cast members in this. It's kind of funny at times, but like, I, yeah, I'm going two point like three. I think ghostly meat cleavers, like, you know, there's some stuff maybe worth seeing in this. And it's, it's like, if it could be somebody's lane, but like, it's, it's just not for me. Yeah. It's not, you know, at some point, you know, you're going to be having a conversation and you're just going to be like, have I got the movie for you? I mean, yeah, there's going to be somebody I could recommend this to. Definitely. I mean, like it's, it's, there's people that love this, this cheap, trash that is trash right exactly yeah it's got some good special effects okay yeah great you know like that's enough and sometimes that's enough for me too i I was gonna say too i just think that like sean cunningham is a producer you talked about like he just i think he just wanted a franchise to hold on to after he kind of lost friday the 13th like he was a little bit kind of booted out of that that series for a little bit right until new line got the rights and like, uh, I think he just wanted like something to keep coming back to, like a, a continuous source of money he could he could dip into. Is it like um, maybe Spider Man? Like if he wasn't making house movies every so many years, like he was gonna yes. lose the rights to it, you probably. Know? And, he, and when that happened with Friday the Thirteenth, is he lost out on a lot of money, probably. So like, you know, I think he's just being protective. He just wants to keep the 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 money flowing. Yeah. Um, and then he before tries to okay. one up he tries to one up Wes Craven. And I even think the bullet out your ass pinhead, if you told me that was written into like slight Hellraiser, like I'd believe you too, you know? <laughs> oh, that's yeah. true. I didn't even think about that, yeah. Uh mm-hmm. I did before we move away from the house, I did see an article from January this year that they are in talks to make a reboot. So of who house? knows? Of House, yes. The All House right, Horror let's series. do it. Let's do it. I'm, I'm still game. Let's, let's find like um, what about like Ryan Philippe? Sure, as Roger Cobb. Sure, yeah, I'm cool with that. But the biggest question is, what sitcom are we going to pull a bunch of all of our actors from the various sequels? New Girl. There you go. Jake Johnson in the first one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, which um, oh boy. <laughs> Ooh. Which Wayans is it in that one? Uh, isn't it Marlon Wayans Jr.? Isn't it I think or so. Damon Wayans Jr.? It's one of the juniors. Right. Yeah. So whichever Wayans it is in the sequel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something about one of the other... Oh, oh the other mo- another movie from 1989 about a serial killer dying and returning in some strange new form. Child's Play. Same That's year. True. Yeah. yeah. Very zeitgeisty. Extremely zeitgeisty. Another year later. Well, he wasn't exactly executed, but he did die. Yes. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, if, it, if this movie came out a year later, they would probably have like a good guy doll or something in the basement yes. to, yeah, yeah, exactly. to knock it on. Right. Right. Well, Greg, do you want to let us know what we're going to be watching next week for August? I, I, I do. Something, a movie that's part of a franchise, that's part of a horror trend that scared the absolute shit out of me as a kid just to mention these things would get my my uh, spine tingling but i want to talk about ringu from is it 1999 i feel like it's right at the I end i believe of so and the, the american remake is like 2000 
1998. Very shortly after. Yeah. Yes. So I'm always very scared of this series as a kid. I'm going to finally try to conquer this fear and get myself watching some some J-horror. So have you never seen either the original or the remake? I've never seen Ringu. I've never seen Ring. I've never seen Juan. I've never seen The Grudge. Wow. That, that, this quadrilogy of movies, like, they were, like, the pinnacle of, like, what was scary in my mind as a child. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 Well, I'm I'm excited for you to experience these. Uh, I have a I have an opinion about Ringu versus Ring, but we will save that for next week. Can't wait. So, uh, thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe anywhere you get this podcast. We have email weeklypodcastmassacre at gmail.com, both threads and Instagram at weeklymassacre. Greg is Anderson 19 on Letterboxd. I am Murfinturf. So, please uh, let us know. Hit us up and let us know. If your favorite lunch is a turkey dinner, uh, <laughs> you have seen someone that's been electrocuted to death, or you have shouting matches with your furnace. Please let us yes. know. Um, but as always, all that did was give me a hard on. That's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.